0: So, I've been stirred a lot recently by one particular story in the Bible, and it's, it's gripped my attention, and I, can't, I just can't get my brain off it. And, um, and it's the story of, of when the Israelites got to the edge of the promised land, which was theirs for the taking. You know, that, that God brought them out of slavery in Egypt with a promised land ahead of them, and the book of exodus is basically the training program and through leviticus into numbers and then in the book of numbers in the middle of the book of numbers they, they get to the edge of the promised land and it's there for them god's guaranteed them success it's their inheritance it's it's it's, it's a done deal and they send 12 spies into the land and uh, 10 of them come back with a with a bad report and just two just two Caleb and Joshua believed that God can do what he said. It's, it's, it's as fundamental as that. God said, promised land, I'll give it to you. Victory is yours. Learn how to fight the battles. That's what Exodus was about. Tra- being trained for spiritual warfare, for warfare. There's, I'll be with you. and even, You'll have angels who guarantee you success. And the spies were meant to go in the la- into the land for information, not inspiration. And to spy out the land, and, and, but they came back, and, and it goes on, and it refers to this in Numbers chapter 32, and I just want to read, read some of it out, okay? So, because um, they're, they're getting themselves, trying to get themselves ready again. I'll tell you, this is a this is thought, I've been thinking about this. Whew. Imagine if you were Joshua or Caleb, how frustrated would you have been? Whoa. Would you've been frustrated, man? Not off. Anyway, I'm, I'm writing my next book at the moment. I've, I've been thinking about this and writing about these two guys a bit. What did they do for forty years? What do they? You know, because they they, 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 they. <laughs> they this is an interesting reality. For 40 years, they, they lived in a state of, of not being able to enter into to their inheritance and their promised land because of the corporate belief of, of, of the people around them. Now, I would suggest to you there's a picture there of, of church life that actually that you might not be able to enter all that God has, has for you because of the corporate unbelief that surrounds you. That, I'm not, that's a bit of a stark picture, isn't it? That's why I'm, I'm really on there. I thought that is a that's a that's a pretty stark picture. And, you think, and some of you might think, well, God, God hasn't delivered on His promises. And there's something on this. There are some of you living in this place where you think actually I had promises, but they've gone. It has not come about. And one of the problems we face is that corporate unbelief robs people of the promises. Just like it happened at Nazareth, they had a corporate unbelief system that robbed people of the opportunity of miracles in that place. And, and Caleb and Joshua had 40 years. Now, do you know what they did for 40 years? They, they stayed ready. <laughs> Caleb is a, is a guy and a half, I tell you. When he, when he gets his chance, he says... Phew. I'm just as ready now as I was then. If you read about him, it is absolute inspiration. i tell you, that you know, when he comes in, into, into the book of Joshua and they're dividing up the land, he says, give it to me, I'm ready. It's extraordinary. I think, and I want to say this, one of the ways, um, the chapter I'm reading, writing in my book at the moment is actually how you deal with delay. And sometimes delay might not be your fault. But how you deal with it is up to you. Because if the promises of God are true and you stay true, they will be true. But if you let go of them, then you've let go of them. Okay, that's cheerful stuff, eh? (laughs) Number 32. Moses said to the Gadites and Reubenites, Shall your countrymen go to war while you sit here? So basically they were supposed to be all fighting together. Why do you discourage the Israelites from going over into the land the Lord has given them? This, no, this is it. This is what your fathers did when I sent them from Kadesh Barnea to look over the land. That's talking about the spies. So this is in verse 32, uh, chapter 32. The spies went out in chapter 13, I think it was. So why do you discourage the Israelites from going over into the land the Lord has given them? This is what your fathers did when I sent them from Kadesh Barnea to look over the land. And they went up to the, after, the, after they went up to the valley of Eshkol and viewed the land, they discouraged the Israelites from entering the land the Lord had given them. Wow. Poo. How powerful is discouragement? I tell you, it's powerful. And corporate discouragement is a, is a, is a very powerful thing. Personal discouragement's not good. But actually when it becomes a cultural reality, it's, 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 it's a killer. Absolute killer. So what have we got that, that overcomes discouragement? Uh, hope hope is one thing it's got it's quite it's quite easy it's not this this discouragement takes your courage away so what do you need encouragement encouragement means put in put courage in so one of the most important things you can do in spiritual warfare is is encouragement it's a gift as well if it, it talks in romans chapter 12 it says the gift of encouragement you can ask for it are you a good encourager I hope so. Are you a good, seriously, this is, is one of the most fundamental parts of Christianity. Are you a good encourager? How good are you at self encouragement? Oh, I've hit a mark there. I've hit a mark there. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm really good at encouragement. Oh, no, oh no, not, not quite so good. No, no, no. How good are you at self encouragement? Because if you're not, you, you, you haven't really got going. The, Lord, look at this. the Lord's anger was aroused that day and he swore this oath. Listen to this. Because they have not followed me wholeheartedly. Okay, because they have not followed me what? Wholeheartedly. Not one of the men 20 years old or more who came up out of Egypt will see the land I promised on oath to Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. Not one except Caleb, son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite and Joshua, son of Nun. For they followed the Lord wholeheartedly. So what's the difference? Wholeheartedness. And that's so I've been thinking and studying that this week. I think, what? what is it? Well, it's important because having it or not having it was the difference between defeat and destiny. Shall I say that again? <laughs> Wholeheartedness, if you haven't got it. It's the complete difference between defeat and destiny. So, what does it mean to follow God wholeheartedly? That's that's the question. Now, I don't think we've had any problem tonight. I think we've been pretty wholehearted in it, and I love it. Love these these, these evenings. It's great. <coughs> um, and there is what I want to talk about in probably ongoing is. In the sense of wholeheartedness is not just an individual pursuit it's a whole it's a wholeheartedness in a community pursuit okay so so we need to be wholehearted together we need to be wholehearted about one another Amen. so we should be good at encouraging one another but but I want to talk about actually how where you start from in and of yourself and um, <clears throat> and so let's let's have a quick shout out what do you think it means to be wholehearted let's shout out I'll repeat it for the tape sorry surrendered, surrendered? yeah good Submitted. Committed. Committed, yeah. So committed. Engaged. Enthusiastic. Excellent. Focused, yeah. Undivided. Yeah, brilliant. These are all good. I'm, I'm, I should be writing them down, actually. Help, help me with my book. There's loads of stuff out there, so, so feel free. There's no, I'm not asking for a right or wrong answer, just to say I'm interested. to Joyful. Faithful. Faithful. Full, on. full on. There we are, full on. What was the one? Undistracted. Brilliant. In with both feet. In with both feet. Yeah. How about uh, devoted? That's a word I like as well. Passionate. So what did you say? Sold out. Brilliant. It's all good stuff, isn't it? Wow. So what does it mean not to be wholehearted? What does that look like? Miserable. <laughs> Miserable, yeah. Guarded. Selfish, reserved, reserved. Yeah, reserved. Suspicious, maybe. Yeah. Easily, put off. Easily put off. How about discouraged? Fearful. Tentative, maybe. Double-minded. Wishy-washy. <laughs> it's good. it Tells you in the Book of James that double-minded people shouldn't think they're going to receive anything. That's harsh, isn't it? Oh, well, hold on a minute. What about the promises of God? Well, the promises of God aren't inevitabilities. <laughs> didn't want to hear that, did you? So, you to... <clears throat> they, have to be, they have to be taken. The promises of God don't, aren't, aren't just inevitabilities. It's, it's, God, God isn't a cosmic dictator. I think we have to get rid of that idea in Christianity. He, he, he's, he's not a cosmic dictator. He gives you choice. Does God want people, does God want people to be saved? tells you quite clearly how much drastic action did he take to, to try and ensure that? Yeah. Pretty drastic. Are you glad he did it? Yes. Is everybody going to take it? No. There's a promise of eternal life. And the Holy Spirit to all who receive him. Yeah? So, so there's, there's, a, there's a necessity of, of receiving him. <laughs> and um, so, what else did I put down for wholehearted? Sacrifice. Here's a good one. What do you do with your money? <laughs> no, this, I think it's really interesting. It was there's there's a bit in, in um, it's in Chronicles, and it talks about how uh, the people watch the leaders give wholeheartedly. And it's really interesting. It was a responsibility of leadership, and um, I think I can find it. Yeah, one Chronicles twenty nine verse nine says the people rejoiced at the willing response of their leaders, for they had given freely and wholeheartedly to the Lord. That's in offerings to, for the temple. Wholeheartedness turns up in every bit of life, and uh, the Bible is quite clear. One area where you can be distracted, serve a different God. You're all going quiet on me now. Is that? It's just this wholehearted, but actually, yeah, it, it's that as well. It's, it's all in, it's 100% in. It's, uh, I think sometimes people think that God's just interested in maybe if you give you 10%, then you've done it. He's, he's interested in everything. Now, how you use it is, is up to you. And I, I, I say, you know, look, you understand what tithing t- is very simple, it means a tenth. God made it very simple mathematically for us to, to work it out. You just have to knock a naught off the end and you're there. It's, it's easy. Um, and uh, it's a biblical principle, it's a principle I've lived by in my life, it's a principle we believe in, in the church here. But I say to you, that I sometimes surprise people, I say, everybody tithes. Do you know everybody tithes? You didn't know that, did you? It's just who you tithe it to. Because I will guarantee the first 10% of your income goes somewhere. It, it, it's, it, it's a demonstration of where your heart is wholeheartedly devoted It really is. (laughs) It will go go somewhere. The question is, can you trust God? Is he the provider? Is he he, he stingy enough to be demanding 10% so you've only got 90% to live on? Or is he saying, come on, come on an adventure with me. Trust me. That's what it means. I would say wholeheartedness is, is big trust. This building is a testimony of a smallish group of people who believed in God and stepped out in faith. I think there are very few of you here in this room who were there when we took up the first building offering for this place. We didn't even know this place was possible, but a building in 2000. year 2000. Not a big big church. And... uh, we, d- we had a dream, we just set a dream out, we said we're going to go for something, we believe we want God wants us to have a home, we want to have a home, and uh, so we stepped out, and I was amazed, I wasn't quite sure what to ex- expect, and the first offering was 50,000 pounds, that's on top of people's tithing, okay, 50,000 pounds, from from a church of about 200 adults and kids, all, all told 50,000 pounds, wow, wow. I, was, I was absolutely thrilled as a Leo, oh my goodness, people really do believe in this dream, um, and I thought, well, everybody must have emptied their you know, money boxes out for that one. So we, we had another one about two months later. So I, I you know, as a leadership team, we were sitting there, our expectations. We thought, well, I wonder, can we, can we believe God a, for £20,000 would have been a good a good step forward. So the second offering, we got £54,000. £54,000. How many of you like coming to Eastgate? That wouldn't have happened if those people hadn't done that. You, you, you're sitting on ground and other people won for you. A lot of faithful people who, who don't even get to enjoy it for themselves. love lot have moved away geographically. Some have died. But they believed in something that was worth being wholehearted about. So if we're wholehearted, I believe we create the future. Not just a comfortable now. And I want to fight for a future. That's what was on offer, wasn't it, for the, for the Israelites? A, a future, a promise to enter into something. And... Um, time. How about that? There's one. The most valuable commodity you have in life, time. Priorities of time. And uh, you made a priority choice tonight. You came here. Seriously, I I I never take it for granted that people are going to turn up. It's all voluntary. I'll have a good time with God on my own. It's fine. Uh, But (laughs) I'm glad you came to join in. It was great. (laughs) Worship team as well. had a good old time. But it is it's how we use our time. It's a, it, that's a wholehearted expression, isn't it? But, but I want to take you back to, to the, the, the story in the context of this. And, um, because it's, if you go back into number 13, there, there's something here that was... As I was studying this, I thought, hmm, I wouldn't have necessarily thought of that in terms of wholeheartedness. Because when the t- ten spies came back... Um, in verse 31 of chapter 13, it says, But the men who had gone up with him... Because Caleb, basically Caleb, Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, We should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. That's Caleb. Woo! We can certainly do it. But the men who had gone up with him said, We can't attack those people. They are stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. They said, The land we explored devours those living in it you know what? It, fear exaggerates beyond measure. It, 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 see this, uh, and when you want to try and discourage people, you're probably going to exaggerate how bad it is. I don't know how good you are at exaggerating how bad you are. The land we, we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw there are of great size. That wasn't true. There were some giants in the land, that is true, but... We saw the Nephilim there, the descendants of Anak, come from the Nephilim. And then this is it. We seem like grasshoppers in our own eyes. And we look the same to them. That was the kingdom that keep coming. Whew. And I've been looking at so, it. You know, this is really important. Because <coughs> who's God made you to be? We just sang it. You do know. Sons and daughters of the living God. Are the sons and daughters of the living God grasshoppers? Are we weak? Or are we powerful? Powerful. How does the church view itself so often? How do you view yourself? Are you a victim of circumstances or are you victorious over all things? So this, I'm, this is really important. What's your self-talk like? What is your self-talk like? I don't know what self-talk means, that's when you're talking to yourself, your opinion of you. I enjoy, I've got a granddaughter, she's nine years old now, and uh, she's pretty. I know that's a personal you know, <laughs> bias and stuff like that, but she is pretty. And she's got <laughs> this gorgeous hair, and, and so I tell her she's pretty, and do you know how she rep- responds? She says, thanks. <laughs> Yeah, she's, she's well trained. See, so the denial of that wouldn't be true. So, what would it do to my heart? You said, "Oh no, Granddad, I'm I'm ugly." Would that do? Would that do you good? No, you no, that wouldn't do good. What do you think it does to the father when we think we're not good? Effectively, think of ourselves in the. A demeaning manner. I'm just a grasshopper. I'm ugly. I think it robs us of wholeheartedness because it loves. You. It, it robs you of the courage to be who you're meant to be and the belief in in yourself. And I, I, I'm encouraging you to be wholehearted about you. So, how enthusiastic are you about you? you know the root of the word enthusiasm? Just think about it a moment. You might get it. It starts with the same word as encouragement, the same two letters, N, which means something going in. And do you know what the theos bit is? It's actually based on God in you, enthusiasm. It's actually based on entheos, God in you. I <laughs> thought you might like that. Is that the, that's the root of the word it's it, it basically based on this idea that God is in you how enthusiastic are you about that as an idea I tell you I think oh, bring it on because if we this is really, this is, if you don't think that you're denying who God is inside you this goes back to this habitation reality not a not visitation God is in us, and he's not getting out. (laughs) He just isn't getting out. He won't leave you or forsake you. You, You're sealed. Eternity is secure for you if you're born again. You will be in heaven. You you don't need to worry about that. But whether you actually take hold of all the promises here on on planet Earth to fulfill your destiny is going to be down, really, as I read this, to your wholeheartedness. And if you believe you're a grasshopper, you'll live like a grasshopper. How how many problems is God worried about? Not a lot. (laughs) He's seen it all before. He's seen it beginning and end. He's not taken by surprise by anything. And he's got the answer. Inside you. Let's have a quick look at John chapter 17, verse 22, because you're going to do a little bit of this. John 17 is a fantastic passage of scripture which you can go away and have a bit of a read and a study if you want. Before we start at verse 20, I've done this before, but it was worth doing again. This is Jesus praying to his Father, and he says in verse 20, My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that they, all of them, may be one. So, 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 who's Jesus praying for? Us. If you believed in his message, you're included in this. And how, how united does he want us to be? Oh, totally right. That, that all of them may be one Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Now, getting this right is—we're is, not just trying to inherit a promised land so that we can just keep our borders tightly controlled and nobody else can ever get in. That, that's an Old Testament picture. We're out to invade the world with the goodness of God. But the world isn't impressed by people who don't know who they are. Or people who think they're grasshoppers. Come and join the grasshoppers. It's good news, really good news. We're we're really weak and we don't know what we're doing and we're going to wander around for 40 years and see if something happens no it's not it's not a good message it just isn't the message of Jesus is it and so this is what happened okay Four. <laughs> verse 22 I have given them the glory that you gave me that they may be one as we are one wow so okay I'm gonna read that again this is Jesus and you've just said this is this is you okay You are involved in this, so I have given them the glory that you gave me. Is that surprising? Not if you've been in school, it shouldn't be. Hopefully, but (laughs) or been around it. But it is. This is astonishing. So I want. How do you see yourself? has got to be the answer one filled with the glory of God not just a little bit but the same glory eh? I I can't comprehend this I just believe it Jesus has given us the same degree of glory that he got from the Father therefore that makes us glorious people so your self-talk should be all around that Now, there'll be problems that you're going to face on a daily basis, but if you face them with this this in mind, you will face them with a completely different attitude where where the problems become the grasshoppers and you become the giant. We we should be the giants in the land (coughs) and because if we don't actually get this right, we will be another generation that misses it. Now, God will be with us. He was with, the, he was with those Israelites for 40 years. He was faithful to them. He even gave them shoes that wouldn't wear out, clothes that wouldn't wear out, and food. You know, they, 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 they didn't lack for the miraculous happening amongst them. They didn't. It, they, haven't, they had an extraordinary, miraculous 40 years, but they missed the promise. We've got to get away from them. Oh, we have some fantastic meetings in these gates. Well, it's really lovely. <laughs> they are lovely, but they're, they're, they're for a purpose. that You, you actually start to believe who you are and, and start to take the land and we've got fantastic opportunities here you know Eastgate is the Eastgate to the city city being built in front of us unique opportunity to actually have a massive difference so are you glorious yes. you Got it can you practice that <laughs> will you feel, will you be glorious tomorrow morning well, Jesus changed his mind by then. So, oh, no. <laughs> that only happens when you're worshipping me at Eastgate. Uh, that, that's, uh, that, uh, got a special little opportunity there. Only, only in that opportunity. No. This is, this, is, this is his view of you holy and blameless. Glorious. Okay. So, what I want you to do is now look around and have a quick look and see who's sitting next to you. A glorious one is what I'm try, trying to get out. Okay, so so, 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 So it doesn't matter what their name is. If they've got the Holy Spirit, this is true. How much glory exists in this room right now? Now, because this is, this is another thing we, where we, got, we, we, we need to start. This is another aspect of habitation where we need to stop just asking for the glory to come down. But recognize it's already here. Now, I want him to come in glory in different ways and manifest. But to, I'm not that say there is no glory in this place would be a denial so that the 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 earth will be covered with the knowledge of the glory of God as the waters cover the sea what's that going to look like Or is it going to look like this sort of golden haze (laughs) or a a glory cloud going around the sort of and it's I find it fascinating people that people well if there was a you know what I mean by glory cloud if there was a glory cloud here tonight, and I've been able to guarantee it, 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 it this morning that it would be here, do you know how many more people would be here tonight? <laughs> a lot, a lot more. Why? Because they come to see something external. <laughs> they would, because they were fascinated by it. Go, wow, that's wonderful! And God's going, no, wow, this is wonderful. The external is meant to be a sign of, 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 of an internal reality. So, so, so when you come, I love to see it. I have seen it. I've been in the middle of one. I've been, you know, I've been, it sparkles appear beer all over the place. I you know, Bible. I love it, but I don't need it. Why? Because I'm glorious. And that's just an external manifestation of internal reality. It's fun when it arrives. I take note of it because it's a sign that makes you wonder. I go, wow, that is amazing. But when it doesn't arrive, is it any less amazing? No. Because we don't live our Christianity based on just the external circumstances, even the spiritual ones that surround us. We, We live our Christianity on the internal reality of who he is inside us. And if we get that right, then your wholeheartedness will flow from that. Is that making sense to you? So I think what I want to suggest to you that the the whole we are grasshoppers is is an issue of false humility. False humility is is, is doing yourself down in your eyes and making it out that's, that's being humble. It isn't. It's stupid. And it's also pride because it's putting your thoughts above God's thoughts. And I felt God just say to me that I need to help you deal with any strongholds in your thinking with regards to this right now. So would you like to be free? Okay. So, <clears throat> just in the, to yourself at in, in the moment, be honest with yourself. How do you see yourself? I'm not asking you to put it out loud, but just, just, I want you to be honest with yourself. How do you see you? Does it line up with what you've just read? In the Bible. And we can all struggle with this. It's not just a one-time fix. Or, okay? So this is not a problem. I'm not doing this with any shame. I'm just recognizing that we have a, a, a devil who lies to us. Who's trying to rob us of our glory. We can't actually take it away. But he'll rob us of the reality of it. There'll be issues of poor self-image. The truth is that you've been made in the image of God. In his likeness, you've been transformed into his likeness with ever-increasing glory. You start glorious, as soon as you're born again, you're made in his image, and you go from one degree of glory to another. That's Christianity, that's truth. I want that truth to start to set you free right now. I want you to accept this truth, and I want you to reject any lies that are to do with your your self-image. Whether that's physical, mental, and even your Christian self-image. How you regard yourself as a Christian, because there'll be people here who think they're not very good Christians. You judge yourself on your spirituality really poorly. And God wants to take that away from you right now. If you've got any sense of shame or guilt, it doesn't belong to you. And in the prophecy with Graham Cook, it says, Jesus says, that doesn't belong to you. It's mine. I pay for it. You can't have it. Just let it go. Jesus took it all. Rejection. wow, And self-pity. I want you to make a choice to replace anything like that with loving yourself. Because we're meant to love our neighbours as we love ourselves. And Father, I pray you know, I would just wow break the power of any stronghold that's holding people back from the truth of living as a glorious son or daughter of the living God. Wow. And uh, if you need to. Say sorry to God for having the wrong opinion of yourself. That doesn't line up with the truth. Just let it go. And replace it. With the truth of being a glorious one. Wow! And a powerful one. But not just a powerful one on your own. A powerful one amongst powerful people. One of the glorious ones. Standing shoulder to shoulder with other giants. I want you to picture yourself as a giant in the land. Standing shoulder to shoulder with other giants. Holy Spirit, I ask you to come and blow upon that truth right now and set people free. I take authority over every stronghold that is holding people back from living in their glorious destiny. We will be enthusiastic people because we are enthusiastic people. We've got God inside us. I don't like praying where you... I'd follow along because I, I think you need to use your own words but I'll, I'll just tell you i'm looking with enthusiasm towards this next week i look, i try to look forward with enthusiasm to every day that's coming when i wake up i wake up with enthusiasm for the day why because god's in me that's the only reason I, that's the only reason i need for enthusiasm is that he is in me even in even in the darkest storms and the he is with me. Isn't that not amazing? God is with me. That means I can be wholehearted. I think that's enough for, enough to think about for the time being. Woo. Why don't you just pray for one another and release blessing upon one another, and then we we'll go have some uh, some cake and drink, shall we? That'd be fun.